Taco Brothers Podcast. Where two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. These people here, what they do, they for real. All straight with no chaser and a splash of comedy. <laughs> Very funny. This is Talk, Talk, Talk of Brothers Podcast. Let's get this thing going. And now your hosts, Gody and Smash. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Godi. And it's your boy, Smash, coming at you. I want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talker Brothers Podcast. Smash, how you living, bro? Man, living good, trying to stay cold. It's uh, 10 degrees today, bro. You trying to stay cold or you trying to stay warm? I mean, I'm warm? trying to stay warm. Oh, okay, let's get I'm, that I'm together. I'm cold right now. I got my hands <laughs> in my pocket. Trying to stay warm. My Man, bad. I understand. I was like, you so cold, you can't even think straight. I get it. I get it. Sitting here shaking like a. Well, I ain't gonna say what I'm about to say, but I'm sitting here shaking. <laughs> but check this out for you, for the listeners. We got a special guest on on the line with us, uh, Hayam Abdu. Um, I can't remember how we met. We've met through uh, through Instagram, and we've been talking for weeks on end. And the sister's pretty dope. Very knowledgeable. Thank um, you. She's smarter than me. She's probably smarter <laughs> than Smash as well. But you know, so. She, you know, you surround your people, you surround yourself with people that make you look good. So here we are. How you doing, Ayam? I'm doing really well. And it's, it's actually him. Him. I can't, I see, and we, see, I talked I about this for what, <laughs> three know, weeks and I screwed it up. I told you I was going to screw it up. It's okay. I forgive you. I'm used to it. <laughs> How do you say it again? Him. Him. Yeah. I, okay. knew I, I, I don't want to mess it up. Like he and she and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I take the eye out and just say he. I got yep. it. Yep. <laughs> eye is silent. The eye is silent. That helps. Me. See, you should have told me that before. I'd have got that one. But I think I did. But she. <laughs> you didn't write it down in your notes. No, I, and I have it right here in my notes, wrote as H E dash um, he um. Yeah. And, st- yeah. and, still, and still got it wrong. Oof. Blow my brains out. <laughs> but she's, she's brand new to podcasting and, uh, she just like just like when we started Smash, she's been picking my brain and uh and you know, you wanna help you wanna help your fellow podcasters out and to, to get that thing going. And she definitely has a dope show. Um you're going into your what, third episode? Yep, I'm recording my third episode tomorrow. I'm really excited and I got a few more throughout the week to kind of start getting that episode bank up, but we're rocking and rolling. It's it's happening. Yeah. You excited because you, 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 you got to listeners. You got to see the smile on her face. She's she's really excited <laughs> about this. This is this is a passion and a love now. Yes, <laughs> she's really got the podcasting bug. <laughs> <laughs> so we we were um, talking off wax about um, Blackish the the last episode. What was it called, Smash? I think it's called Colorism. Uh. I don't think that's what it was called. Was it called Colorism? No, it was called Black Like Us, I believe. It was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the episode. Black Like Us. Black yeah. Like so that that struck yeah. a chord into me, and I reached out to Smash, and I reached out to him, and was like, we got to talk about this. We had some other topics that we wanted to talk about, but then we kind of pushed those to the back to push this to the for- forefront. Because let me tell you, Smash is a, 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 a culprit of always talking about... Um, you light skinned brothers on you, you light skinned brothers are on in style, you know. So he's guilty of it, right? And y'all saw. And y'all saw. Oh my gosh! But I, I do it. I do it in jest. But 
Nah, he mean about ninety five percent. Yeah, I think it comes from a deeper issue. I mean, I feel like now it got serious for him. I don't know if you guys be on Twitter like that or when I used to use Twitter, there was a big like hashtag Team Light Skin, hashtag Team Dark Skin <laughs> yeah. movement. Like it was a like a thing, like yeah. a, a real big thing, but not always in a joking way. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, just watching the episode, like it's 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 funny because watching the episode, it was always there, right? Mm-hmm. Before they put light to it, and like I said, we we do it. I mean, when my wife, when I when I'm mad, you know, she's she's that black girl. When I when I'm loving her, she's chocolate to me. You know what I'm saying? So mm. <laughs> so and it's vice versa. You know, she you know, but but it's something that either can be done in, in a derogatory fashion or like you said in just in jest you know yeah. Oh, yeah like for me like for me it started when I was young so like how you saying it's deeply rooted like you know what I'm saying everybody always had the jokes about you you know what I'm saying like uh, if you you attend a night school and they marked you absent because you're so dark you know what I mean and all those jokes and but it took it took some time like to learn probably around 15 16 I you know what I'm saying you had to start loving yourself and you realized that being black was actually uh, you know a good thing but people telling you that in the beginning that it wasn't a good thing kind of played with you at first so that's how I think it started off with me and Shaw didn't help either did it I'm not really short you know what I'm saying <laughs> damn <laughs> you went there <laughs> But, all in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask this question to you guys. Why do you think it's so uh, such a strong um, thing in the black community versus other cultures? I mean, I, I don't think it's specific to just even the black community, too. I, you know, definitely how they had the story on the episode about, you know, the mythical Willie Lynch and how they divided the field people uh, the field um, slaves and the house slaves based off skin color to kind of create an internal divide. Um, I, you know, my parents are East African. I, I grew up with, um, I personally feel like my dad has more of a, like a Eurocentric standard of beauty and a lot of people in Eritrea do. And I think that that comes from colonialism in Africa, like the whole, I know you and I, uh, we had talked about how race is a social construct created to allow, you know, white people in Europe to believe that they were superior to other races and coming into Africa, stealing resources, you know, colonizing, you make wearing suits and, you know, like petticoats and shit better than whatever the culture was wearing at the time. Like proper dress up clothing is now an Italian suit due to Italian colonialism. And, you know, being lighter skinned is better. They're like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's lighter skinned. Or if, you know, like like the word tololo means like um, soot or like ashes. Uh-huh. And if someone's really dark, they'll be like, oh, she looks like tololo. Like you're comparing somebody to something burned versus something that is light, which is what you would call like a light skinned person. They can compare them to like they the look, beauty. Of- they look like a struck match, right? yeah very similar very similar to that insult and so like i remember growing up like my hair looked better straight picture day we straightened our hair holidays we straightened our hair and like i've only had like maybe two relaxers in my life for god knows what reasons but it's why can't i wear my natural hair you know it really goes down and deeper to that like 
my mother is a dark-skinned woman. She looks like a Sri Lankan, like South Indian woman. And she's so beautiful. And like all my siblings look like her. I'm the only one who took my dad's side. And most of my dad's side is very lighter skinned. And I've always wished to be dark. Like, so my struggle growing up has always been like, I want to be dark like my family. Like I didn't really see like the whole, like, you know, the light is right kind of mentality. I was like, I want to be just as dark as my brother. I mean, we made fun of him for being dark because you know, Dave Chappelle had that episode he called Charlie Murphy darkness. So like that became a joke. Right. But only because it, it was my brother. Like if I can't clown my brother, who am I going to clown, you know? See right. smash, see that's why I clown you shortness. It's because he loves you. It's out of love. That's nah, all good over here. I mean, I, I mean, I always thought that, you know, coming up, they've always depicted the color black, no matter what it was, as being a bad color. I mean, if you go back to the old days when they had Western movies, the cowboys wore white and the villains always wore black. So um, it's always just been rooted in people's mind that black is not good. And like how you were saying, like, the lighter skinned women um, look better than the dark skinned women, which, you know, now that I'm grown, I, I tend to um, not agree with that sentiment as much. So um, it's just a it's just stuff that was put in you when you were little growing up and society has kept that up. And it's not really just in our community as well. I mean, if you go to other co uh, countries, like even in Japan, they're, they're kind of the same way. When I lived over there, you could see the um, how they were with fair-skinned people versus really? dark Really? There was a divide? Yeah, there yeah, is. That's why nobody respects, like, the, like in the Asian community, like, uh -huh. Filipinos and Cambodians and Thai people are really shitted on because yep. they're they're like the black people of Asia. Like, they do not like them because they're not these, like, super, you know, um, fair-skinned, you know, women with, like, the dark hair and the super, super, super fair skin, like... I live in Phoenix. We have more days of sunshine than like anywhere else on earth. Like we have like maybe six days overcast and we just had all six of them last week. So like, <laughs> That's why you sick, right? <laughs> right. And so you would see like Chinese and Korean like foreign exchange students. Like I saw a woman wearing a ski mask. Yep. Like she, I, I was like, what is she wearing? And they're like, oh, they wear that so they don't get dark. Yep. What? They and do that over in Japan. Oh my God, seriously? Because it's like 120 in July. Like, it's hot. Right. The sun is always out and there's not always shade everywhere. So she was wearing a legit sweater on her face to prevent her skin from getting dark. So do you think, do you think the opposite sex attracts more to the fair skin? Or do like Smash was talking about before, when he was younger, he that was a that was in play, but now that he's older, he's looking past um, someone's skin complexion and actually looking into the person. You know, not necessarily beauty, but necessarily right. just the complexion of their skin. I think that's that's in, in Smash's case. I think that was a conditioning that he chose to unlearn. So. Yeah, it's, we grow up and it's like, I've always wanted my hair to be like long and straight and like, you know, like if I got like darker, like I would try to stay inside. Like it was it, like, I never got to a point of like lightning cream, but like, I feel like as black people from anywhere in the world, it's, it's something that we're taught, even if it's indirectly or subtly, even if it's just subliminally through only white women are in magazine covers 
only, you know, light-skinned men that are actors will get attention from women. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it wasn't until, like, Morse Chestnut came on the scene where people were like, ooh. <laughs> no one's ever been like, damn, Wesley Snipes, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've, never, I've never heard a girl, like, who's your celebrity crush? Ooh, Wesley Snipes. Yes. Like, that's never... It's, it's never always like that. Denzel. It's always like the... But even the Denzel is brown. Not even, yeah, Shamar Moore, or what's that guy, Boris Cujo. Yeah. Um, that light, what's the light skin dude with the blue eyes? That, um, oh, I know you're talking about, I can't think of his name. And he's on NCCIS, and like, he had like a, I don't, you know who I'm talking about. He lo- he's like 50 something, but still looks good. 50 something? Yeah, he, he was on CSI, the one you're talking about, right? Yeah. Hmm? Can't, I'm not. So See, now, you, now you have to Google it to figure it out. It's fine. It's gonna it's bother fine. you for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I know, like, I know where. I don't mean to cut you off. I know where here in Houston, it's the the term is called yellow bone, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. it's like as as a kid and as a teenager, as a youngster, um, that was always they were always put on, on a higher pedestal. Than the the darker or the darker skinned women, right? Mm-hmm. So that was something that everybody chased. They had to have a yellow bone. They had to have a yellow bone. So you kind of get conditioned to want to be in that same norm with everybody else trying to chase the yellow bone. But then you realize, you know, while you chasing them, there's so much other, so much other out here that you can actually speak to, talk to, and then and that have um, that's not conceded you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. where they're more open and more apt to want to to talk to you and, and want to socialize with you versus here is this one girl you got 10 suitors and then you just left it in line and now she's to the point where you know i didn't heard it all done it all been in, and, and seen it all um what's next you know so right. it, it, it kind of condition i mean like I'm, what i'm saying is it, it was a condition that was already there and that you just followed on you know so that's right that's huge you didn't choose to break away from it so i just had a thought what do you guys think about black men who exclusively only date white women who kind of have this like i would never date a black girl kind of mentality do you think that stems off of colorism and they took it a step further and said just Forget black women. I'm gonna go for the the whitest, the white. Nah, you know, like, I, nah. I think I think this is gonna be. See, you touching something now. You should. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta tread lightly here. Um, it comes from for me. It comes from two things. One, it comes from what they couldn't have. Now that they can have it, they want it. And then two, they don't like men. Uh, black men tend to want to be controlling and dominant. And they want that woman that's going to be submissive. And black women tend not to be um, submissive. They want to have their place. They want to have their say. They want to walk beside you, not behind you. Um, sometimes they want to be in the front. But, you know, that's a different story for another show. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, that's where I think it comes from. I think it comes from because they couldn't have it. And they want somebody that's going to be, um, that can be dominant over. Because I have many friends that, that date um, white women and it seems to be that's the way the relationship goes you know they can tell them yeah. what to do how to do it what to do it, and they do it and it's that's what they want but you know I mean I could be right I could be wrong what you think Smash 
I see your point on that too because I, I can see that and I, I've talked to some of the guys like that and uh, the ones that I've talked to the majority of them is say it's because of the the way they were treated by black women when they were with black women and they felt like black women disrespected them didn't respect them as much as they thought they should so they went over to date white girls because they liked them more and respected them and they you know so they so-called they say in quotations know how to treat a man and stuff like that and that's where i see it because they that's what i've been told like you know i know one guy he was in a bad relationship the girl dogged him out and basically after that he's like man i ain't dealing with black women no more and then everybody will throw in the attitudes which i hate that stereotype that all black women have attitudes that's not true no (laughs) listen 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 they just i I won't call it an attitude i would call it they're gonna they're gonna speak their mind regardless mind, of, yeah. regardless of what it what it what the, the situation is and I'm all for that you know that's that's what a dynamic that I have in my relationship that you know my wife tells me what she want to tell me whether it's hurtful but it's nine times out of ten it's helpful you know and it's it, it goes back the same way I may get on my my rants and my tangents and and she'll mm-hmm. she'll be pissed off and she'll be mad but then she'll come back later and say you know what you probably were right but again you know bah, you know but but for but i don't think i mean and that and that actually plays smash not that you speak of it, that plays in and and all not only just colorism but that's also plays in and um people veer into the op- opposite sex and opposite all this sex. kind of stuff yeah, yeah. because it, it's I guess you, for them, if you get tired of one thing, you want to see another thing. And, and, I, and I was raised that um, in New Orleans that we didn't see color. We didn't really see color. Um, mm-hmm. We were always prepared to see racism. You know, that was something that my mom right. and my dad put on the table, was on the forefront to be aware of it. I don't want you guys to be surprised of it. Don't think that um, Johnny, who's next door to you, is um, he's a white guy, but don't think that he's your friend because that means not not just that he's white, but because I want you to understand that he's a human being and that you may not like the the black guy up the street. So, you know, treat him the same way and, and, and look at him the same way. Don't look at him because he's he's the minority in the neighborhood. Don't look at him differently from the majority in the neighborhood, which is which is African American. But mm-hmm. so you kind to you kind of develop that idea of um, how I see people and you go into relationships and you go into um, meeting people and, and understanding people, you know, you kind of, for me, I'm going to be honest with you, for me, I kind of, um, it's, it's more of a, how can I say, a trial by fire for me if I meet someone um, of white descent. Um, I want to, I want to make sure that their intentions is good, not only for blacks, but for whites as well. But I want to make sure that right. their intentions are good because if I don't like you, it's because I just don't like you. You know, it's not, not <laughs> has nothing to do with with sexual orientation, has color, nothing. It's just because you get on my nerves. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to talk to you. You know, and that's how I was raised too. I was raised to not see color, but like you said, D, like growing up in the South, you're gonna see racism. So your my mom always made sure we were aware of it. But to not see color, because like when I first when I first grew up, my first best friend was a white white dude that I played uh, baseball with. Right. And so, like, you know, as kids, you don't see color. It's like a learned behavior that you're taught throughout society, your family or whatever, you know. So I agree with you on that. 
good. So, but see, you're him, you are, you have African, of African descent, but you were born and raised here in the United States. So did you were, did your parents train you for what to expect or did they let you just learn trial by fire? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. My dad's very educated. He was like a merchant Marine overseas. So he's traveled to lots and lots of different countries. So we've always been exposed to lots and lots of diversity and multiculturalism, whether it was, you know, a Bulgarian coworker of his, or we would go to like, different things where we would be introduced to different cultures. Um, my parents, my dad speaks five languages, my mom speaks four, you know, so even diversity within the East African or African community, like we, we were always like, we would sit down as family, as a family and watch like a documentary on Discovery Channel about like some other culture or like a public television, like PBS was, big in our household where we would watch interviews with like different so we were just like always learning like i remember being bored my dad's like what are you doing and i was like oh i'm bored like i was 10 years old he gave me an atlas and he's like memorize all the countries and capitals of africa <laughs> and i was like God damn it. so i did it but then like i learned so much and right. then, you know me being the curious person and like i'm definitely like an information addict which makes my career perfect for me so I just would like, you guys remember Encarta? Encarta. No. It's like an encyclopedia that came oh, okay. default with Microsoft computers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. we would go on Encarta and like research these countries and like learn about different people. So like my dad did certain things and how he raised us to open our minds different, like to know like everybody has their own culture, their own language, their oh. own community. And then in little things like that, like go do this task or we're gonna go meet this person or go visit this state, you know, that has this family member who's married to this other culture. Like we learned a lot yeah. that way. Um, in terms of like, you know, trial by fire, like growing up, I went to mostly all white schools just because of the neighborhood we lived in. My dad moved us out of like, we got robbed like three times in the place that we were living in. Like, Time to go. Like, <laughs> right, and it's like they lit our house on fire because we didn't give them Halloween candy. What? Really? Because like, we're Muslim, so we don't celebrate Halloween. And they knocked on our door and we're like, sorry, no candy. And our house was on fire. Like my parents had to like snatch us out of our beds and like take us to our neighbor's house and live in a rental house until the insurance can fix everything. Like it was pretty messed up. And so when my dad started working for like, um, like a really major corporation, like we moved out to the suburbs and he like picked our neighborhood specifically for the school district. And um, I remember, you know, like I had friends like at school, like, I had white friends. I had, um, I had, you know, some of the, I, I want to say I had black friends in elementary school. And I think I had one female black friend, but there was always like, I never felt like she was like my friend friend. And coming into middle school, like we had kind of like a race war at my middle school between the whites and the Mexicans. Um, the whites were just like, like the, think of like an average Trump supporter that's kind of racist right now. Those, that's their children. And then you have um, like the Pasco del Yaqui, Native American nation and all the Mexicans that lived in a town nearby, they would shit on them all the time and just be really awful towards them. And 
so eventually just kind of erupted. So like being black kids, like we were just kind of like, oh shit, you saw Jose just hit John in the face, you know, like <laughs> it, we, we just kind of took a fall back seat. But in high school, I wasn't black enough to hang out with the black kids. I was different, especially at this point, I was wearing hijab now. So I, I automatically became like an other, something that wasn't familiar to them. So I got right. rejected. You know, they're like, you're not black, you're Muslim. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, it's, I can be both. It's <laughs> and I can it, be both. <laughs> I can be both. Um, and then, you know, growing up in my household, very conservative, very sheltered, there was a lot of things I didn't know. So when they're like, you never had greens before? And I'm like, what What are collard greens? Like, what are collard greens? Like, I grew up eating injera and like, you know, don't know what, like my whole life. Like I've been eating African food. Like we have other food, yeah, but my mom never made greens. So right. never had them. And I, I found my place in my high school with Mexicans. Like there was a couple of Latin Kings gang members and I would help them with their English homework. So I was like under them. So while other freshmen are like, getting canned and bullied. Like I got bullied for a while, but all of that shit stopped after I gained protection. <laughs> I know this sounds like really <laughs> You know, white people were like, she's weird. She got a thing on her head. She's one of those Muslims, you know? Yeah. And then the black kids were like, we don't understand you. And the Mexicans were just like, what's up mija? Como estas? You know, and I was thinking, I took Spanish already for like three years at this point. So I would just speak Spanish and like hang out with Mexicans and like the Native American kids, like they accepted me. And I would say over time, there was a few girls, like Muslim girls that went to my school for my youth group. Um, and then there was a huge like influx of like Somali refugees. So I was no longer like the only black girl who She's covered like, her hair. Thank you, finally. <laughs> they thought me and my cousin were my cousin, she came from Saudi Arabia and she started going to school with me my senior year. And they thought we were Somali and we're like, no, we're not Somali. So then they would just talk about us. Right. But then everybody knew who I was already. So would be like, hey, so like, you know those people that kind of look like you that go to school here now? Like, what is, why do they do this? Or why do they dress this way? Because they wore like the, those hijabs that went like all the way down to their waist. Then they would wear skirts. In Arizona? And, like, Arizona. And like, oh, they would have like... Um, Traditionally, they'll put henna on like the bottom of their feet. Right. So it's like that reddish orange color. Yeah. And they'd be like, what is on their feet? Like, <laughs> is it is it like some sort of like medication? Like, what is it? And I became like the <laughs> spokesperson. And it's like, I don't know. Ask them, bro. She said Ask the them. spokesperson. <laughs> so I, I have to interesting, like, find where you fit up until right. college. Yeah. I'm the African Student Association. And I felt so comfortable. I felt so comfortable and recognized there. And that's kind of where I kind of found, like I started to find my own place in society was then, but I feel like up until 18, I was all over the place. Yeah, I think I think everybody was. I mean, we had to, like I, I've always told a story about um, growing up in New Orleans that it was such a poverty situation um, everywhere we went. I mean, it was like a, a, a extreme divide. It was rich and then it was poor. It was no, it was no middle class. You know, it was like if you had a few friends that were, that were, quote unquote middle class, they still lived in the the poverty neighborhood. You know, they didn't live out where where the white folks live. So, right. 
I thought it was norm. I, I just thought it was normal until I got to college and realized, well, whoa, man, we were really poor because everybody lived that way. And you just thought that was the right. norm, you know? So I definitely, I definitely can relate to what you're saying. Um, but you think as far as the colorism, get back to the colorism topic, topic um, do you think colorism plays a factor in um, like they're, like they're, they show the, the skits, you know, where they show the guy holding the, the brown paper bag. And if you're not dark, if you're not light enough, then if you're not lighter than the brown paper bag, you can't get in. Do you think it actually affects someone's job, get, getting jobs or getting in a, a hierarchy of positions? Um, I, I think it does sometimes, especially for like a secretarial position. Like uh -huh. I'm kind of, I'm like, I call it like a toasted almond. I'm like right in the middle. I, I'm not light-skinned, but I'm not dark-skinned. So sometimes I feel like I get a pass because people think I'm pretty. Like, I've had situations where I applied for a job in high school to work at the front desk of a State Farm agent's office. Uh -huh. And my math teacher recommended me. He knew the guy from church. Like, I was, I was a shoo-in. I only had a half day my senior year. But I remember, like, my, my hijab was the reason why I didn't get the job which is crazy because the guy was a person of color. Um, but then again, there's just people like that. But as I grew older, like although everyone else that worked the front desk at that job was white and everybody else was in the back office doing clerical stuff, I was able to, excuse me, I was able to work the front desk, you know, to, to relieve uh, the receptionist for lunch break because I was, I smile, I didn't give off what they considered a stereotypical angry black woman. And they saw <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like there there was that aspect of it, but in terms of like- They were expecting ex that to come out of you. They were expecting it, but I never allowed it to happen. So when they, they actually approached me and said, hey, can you cover lunch for so-and-so for this week? Because, you know, X person is not here and they brought me back more regularly because they said I did a great job. But I've had times where, I don't know, I don't think I've ever experienced colorism with like dating or friendships or anything like that. Maybe I have and maybe it wasn't something that was on my radar, I don't know. But like, um, it's just always been something like I've seen happen to other people like if I go to a wedding and they're like oh the bride is so beautiful you know she's so like light and pretty like or that's something guys will ask when they're inquiring about a woman for marriage in my culture they're like what does she look like oh she's she has long hair she's you know got big eyes she's very 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 light you know and like that's something that's desirable yeah and I mean I'm watching that episode um, of Blackish and she referenced her lineage from Louisiana and the great divide between dark and light I, I mean I have cousins that are fair as fair that look you know light bright damn near white um, and, and then I have you know I have cousins that are, are you know real dark dark complected and I've never in, in, a, in a family aspect I've never witnessed that I never witnessed where it was a divide. Maybe I was just naive to the fact, but mm -hmm. the way that she portrayed it, I, I've never seen it. And, and I'm, I'm from Louisiana, so I, I don't know um, 
maybe other people have but for me i didn't see that in, in a family dynamic so that's kind of really it could extreme. be generational too oh it's, because it's, you're you're definitely not as old as she is like yeah exactly exactly were, that would be a question for your parents like what was it like when you were a kid did stuff like this happen right and and, and then you're right because the mentality starts to as you further you get away from that the 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 stigma of it seems to dilute you know it, it tends to you tend to get away you don't look at it as a mainstay actually you you focus on other things so you yeah you're probably right i need to call my mom and ask her that and have that conversation you, you, you're definitely right because <laughs> i mean my mom looks like me right my grandmother looks like me uh my aunt, my grandfather looked like me uh, my grandmother um, was dark complected. My dad was dark complected. You know, so I, I don't know if if it it may have played. It may have played. Now I tell you what this does play is the hierarchy of um, where you are financially and how you live and you know what what you are. Now that definitely plays. I think that plays in everybody's and family. Um, at least in America it does. But but smash. So question to you. Are you guilty of it? Guilty of colorism? colorism? Yeah. Are you guilty of it? Um. Yes. I, I would. <laughs> I would say. So I would say it like this. I would say jokingly, yes. My yeah. wife would say, she would say, yeah, because she still thinks that I like the fair-skinned women. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So, um, am I guilty of it? I'm, I'm gonna say yeah, cause just because it's it's out there. So like, I joke with you about you being light-skinned. You joke with me. You know what I'm saying? And, and our other partner, we all joke about it. But um, I don't think, like, I look at people and judge them by that because I know what they go through. Like, for instance, now, like, my daughter, she, her range of friends are so broad. Like, this new generation is different because uh, she got one friend that's mixed, biracial. She has uh, another white friend. And then she'll occasionally have a black friend. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... I think they still don't see it, but they experience the colorism. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I always be joking with the light-skinned dudes about them being soft or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, like, he, he got the uh, Michael Jackson laying on the cover. Be like, that's what <laughs> light-skinned dudes do right there. That's how they do it. You, know? <laughs> you just joke around like that. So, for me, it's joking now, but, like, I just look at black as just being so broad, man. Like, I've seen... Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, Puerto Ricans that's dark as me, and I didn't know they were Puerto Rican. I thought they right. were black, but they're dark. So it's just our range of blackness range so far. Man. So yeah, but yeah, I'm guilty. Of it. And I, I- <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I think that touching on the point about how there's such a range, and that was never really talked about. It was always very polarized with light skin and dark skin, or brown skin, you know, and. I know most deaf, like in the 90s, had that song Brown Skin Lady. And, you know, you never really had music, at least in my generation, to appreciate the, the women in the middle. Right. <laughs> you know, because it was always so polarized. And I think, like, now, even like with Fenty, like Rihanna's makeup line, she has makeup on women who are albino all the way to like the darkest woman on earth. Like, it's it's 50 different shades like because you typically like i think maybe nars had like 30 shades but they were like 50 shades of brown of beige like it wasn't like you you had like 10 of them were for white people 
10 of them were for like the medium browns and then the the last 10 were for people who are only like slightly darker than i right it was never, it was never what about somebody darker than that it was never you know? it was never smash color right <laughs> you just couldn't wear Smash makeup. Is not a foundation color, yeah. Smash. Hey. There's no hey. color for you, bro. Hey. 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 You just awoke in my entrepreneurial spirit. I'm gonna come out with a makeup called Smash. Smash. <laughs> There's a makeup company called Smashbox. So. Oh man. I had to bring some. You know, I'm, I'm a woman here. Hey, I'm listen. We you love know, we. Colorism we. in the beauty industry is. So real. Do you think Tyra Banks would be as famous if she was not Tyra Banks? Uh, Hollywood Hop. Yeah, I think she would. Hollywood Hop. That's what that was her nickname. Hollywood Hop. Uh, I never heard that. You never heard. You that, never heard that? Google no. it. You'll you'll see. Just Google Hollywood Hop and watch your name pop up. Um, you, you know what I did find interesting in in, in that uh, episode as well though. Um, like when they when they asked about like the actresses playing. And everybody jumped to Lapita, and they couldn't name yeah, dark skin money, Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, but yeah. like I could name a couple of them. I was like, like I was naming them in there, and I was just surprised that that probably is the most thing people do. They'll say Lapita, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was but like, wow. but they kind of brought they kind of um, advertise. They don't advertise a spectrum of us. You know, they, they'll no. take they'll take this year. It would be one or two of us. And then there will be limelighted. Like we'll just be yeah. across all advertisements, across all medium. That you would see those those few people. But then yeah. there's so many others that's doing great things that you got to just wait your turn. And that sometimes you look at people. I mean, think about it. Think about all these great actors that just haven't got to be a Denzel status. That are just as great as actors, great of an actor. But, like Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, I mean, you they, they have to wait their turn. And by the time they, they're continuously waiting their turn, waiting their turn, time has just passed to the point where now they're, you know, in their 50s and their 60s. And now you're in a position where, uh, did I miss it? No, you didn't miss it. It just didn't, did it give you the opportunity to shine like that? Right. You know? Yeah. But that's just Hollywood. You know, but, but you got things like Oprah Winfrey. You got things like Tyler Perry. Um, you have all these other guys. You know, you have... Uh, um, Kevin Hart that are doing things now to give more African Americans an opportunity to shine. Whether they're mm-hmm. fairly skinned or dark skinned, it it doesn't matter. It's a time for us to all get a chance to actually shine. And oh, yeah. you know that door is only so big, you know, and they're only going to let right. so many people in that door, you know. So it's 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 a change of time. It's a change of guard. And I think really it does. Colorism definitely plays in Hollywood, hundred ten percent. Oh yeah. And I think because of that, when somebody does break through, whether you're the token light skin or token black skin or whatever, do what the Wayans brothers did. Yeah. One got put on and he took his whole family with him. Right. Yeah. Five of them are famous, you know, like, and but, that's what I tell people with this podcast. Like if this ever goes anywhere big, I eat, you eat. I go somewhere, you come with me. Right, yeah. right. And we I, have and, to support and, each and other. You have to, it's like when, I, when we met, it was just, uh, we just talked, you know, and it was because of the commonality of it was podcasting. But then we got to talking outside of podcasting and we're like, wait, hold up. She's a pretty dope chick. She's really smart. Damn, she's smarter than me. Let me see what, she, what else she has <laughs> to offer, you know, besides just podcasting, you know, and then we just develop a friendship from there. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that at the end of the day, will this ever end? 
No, I think it would always will remain. You know, it's just like, like a relationship. Yeah. However long the relationship was, it takes like what twice as long or half as long to to get over it. Yeah. But it's the same thing. I, I'll say this, like for my kids, and we just talked about this yesterday. My wife and I talked about this yesterday. Um my son is having a tough, he's transitioning from middle school to high school. So he's having a, tr- a tough issue with going from such a small surrounding to such a big surrounding. Like, you know, he was in middle school, he was a big fish. So now he's in high school, he's starting all over again. So he hasn't, he has, he has a problem with that. Then he has a problem with um, understanding that no matter where you go, there's racism, right? right. And I think that's for his and I'm saying for his generation I think that's bigger issue than colorism for him because he has to learn like he's learning we trying to understand help him understand that this is your world right this is your little bitty world right and there's nothing else outside your world this is all that you face and for us as adults we understand that's minuscule but we got to also understand that this is huge to him right because mm-hmm. that's, that's his world so we have to want him to understand that yeah you are in a multicultural school i could send him up the street to the to the all black school i could send him up the street to the all white school but you know if i send him to the all white school they're going to say he's the token they're going to put him on a pedestal and then somebody who's of light skin of that person who's put him on a pedestal they're going to knock him back to size and he's going to feel bad right he's not going to understand how to handle it whereas if i send him to the all black school then he's going to be in um, a culture that he's normal he's comfortable in but he's not right. learning anything diverse, right? right? So he, you know, so we're trying to get him to understand that you have to meet and greet and understand how people are going to treat you and understand that no matter what you do, there's going to be racism. And I think colorism for them, I don't really think colorism plays of of that fact for them. I think it's more of a social issue, more of a um, a racial issue, and uh, being able to handle diversity versus. Um, being included inside into a diverse a diverse situation versus colorism. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, that's how I was brought up. My mom brought us up to, like she told us we could live in the hood, but her thing was she wanted to put us in a mixed neighborhood so that we could grow up. Because uh, she, she always said, like, you're not going to just live or work in an environment where there's just black people or there's just white people. Right. She said, you're going to work right. with a diverse group so all my life my mom has preached diversity to us and so it helped us because i was able to flow from each side i was able to go and chill with my, my people in the hood but also if you take me to the suburbs i was able to skateboard with those kids you know what i'm saying so i was you know what i'm saying smash. I, I appreciate you knew that how to skateboard smash yeah i knew it. well I, I could skateboard i was the little tony hawk the oh. black tony hawk Oh wow! Goodness. I used to keep I used to keep my uh, skateboard wheels in the freezer to make them more slick for when you do all your tricks and stuff. Hey, I was I was good. What you kept your skateboard in the freezer? The skateboard wheels, like oh the wheels. Have, <laughs> yeah, you keep them in the freezer, man. It's it's old skateboard trick. Oh okay, man. I, I had I, no idea. I, I, right, I'm I'm new to that. I'm a man of mysteries. A man of <laughs> I, mystery. My skateboard experience involved me going right and the board going left, and my ankles were hurt, and I never never went back. Right, that, that's I was always a BMX bike girl. Me, now that that's yeah, what we did. That's, now that's what I we did. did. We definitely did the BMX thing all the time. We definitely got to the skateboard thing. Smash! I'm, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm about to get my sister on here. She'll tell you about I'm it. Like, 
everybody used to take me with her because you know being an older sister you gotta take your younger candy if you. candy i know you're listening <laughs> come on and tell the truth because this boy is telling stories hey, I'm telling you <laughs> he was a skateboard feed out what jay-z say in the song <laughs> ask about ask about <laughs> say it again tell me one more time <laughs> I kind of wanted to touch on how the episode started in general. How about how she was not lit properly in the photo and everyone else was like bright and shining. And I and I, I thought about that because I know certain people in my community that maybe only have friends that are exclusively white uh-huh. and kind of only exclusively hang out with white people, even though they're like darker than me. And like, it's obvious like they, they want to unblack themselves, but it, they're so obviously black, you know? <laughs> be looking at like photos of like on their Facebook or their Instagram and it's like filter heavy filter heavy but <laughs> you see all the white girls clearly except for them right and they'll be tagging them in these posts like these aren't your friends you look like a shadow like right. I can't even see your facial features other than your smile and they posted this picture where they all look good but they don't give two shits that you barely show up right you know what I mean? Like, I have a friend who's Palestinian and she's very fair skinned. If we take a picture, she's like, nah, we gotta redo this. The lighting wasn't right on you. Even though she looked good in the photo, she will retake that just because she wants to make sure we both look good, we're both well lit. Or, like, let's face it, you know, like, she's very considerate of that. Right. And I'm just like, these ain't your friends. <laughs> and so, what did you guys think about how she said maybe the photographer messed up or like, why place her in the back knowing that the light wouldn't really reach that far as a photographer like well, why, why did they put the photo out and they know it was a blemish yeah right I, right that's what it is i mean they took the photo she was she was dark and i don't think she was intentionally like they portrayed um who was the picture that they put made darker oj oj, OJ. yeah they OJ. made oj darker so he could be, be more menacing um, right. I don't. I don't think it was that. I think it was more of it was a excuse my French a shitty cameraman that just didn't care, you know. And I think that that now what I do think played the administration um, didn't look at it. They didn't. They don't understand. Like I don't really think they understood colorism. That that would be hurtful or or harmful when it's not their battle. Yeah. So they, they don't. don't you know, they're ignorant to the facts. So I think. That was more of it, but once it got home, then it kind of played. I mean, but that's, but even with that show, it's always, um, he's always Anderson is always playing his kids, right? The the fair skinned one, he can't, I can't stand you, you know. <laughs> but then the daughter, he loved her to death, you know. And that's the daddy, you know, that's the the you know, daddy's daddy's girl syndrome. But mm-hmm. then, you know, he, you know, he understood the, to the twins. He, he liked the twins and his youngest, the youngest son who he rarely sees, uh, who we rarely see. But nah, I don't, I don't think it was intentional, but I, I but it was good to that. that it sparked that conversation of, of right. why in, in that family aspect, cause they understood what that could, could possibly, how that could possibly hurt her um, going down the line that, you no, know, you need to be, you're just as, important as everybody else as far as what your skin color looks like and mm-hmm. make sure that you stand stand up for yourself and you saw the photos then stand up for yourself and, and make sure that you're in the forefront just like everybody else yeah, I, I think like you said it was basically the cameraman in that aspect and me being um, you know a dark berry myself 
But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I understand that because, like, like, how you were saying with the with the camera, like, a lot of times that's what people say. Man, all we can see is your teeth. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to me, <laughs> it don't it don't bother me because, like, I, I have got comfortable in my shoes. But you, if you look at it from that aspect of the age of the girl that was in that um, photo, uh, little Diane. She was actually, you know what I'm saying, during that age, you're trying to discover everything about yourself, about people in general. So, yeah, it does play a factor. And, you know, it's something that she don't want to bring to her family, because if you look at her family, she's the darkest one in her family on that show. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? So she probably sees stuff that they don't even see, just how you were saying, like the uh, school uh, alumni or, you know, faculty didn't understand, probably didn't understand or recognize colorism. So it was also in that family they didn't recognize uh, colorism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think they showed that in the episode a little bit too. How they didn't, uh, he didn't see how he was doing colorism toward Junior and uh, Rainbow sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I obvious. Thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, where <laughs> the, the grandmother, you know. Took, took offense. apologized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And said, I'm sorry that I've treated you this way when I know I've been treated that way. I thought, because yeah. I know her character, she's always, like, hating on her. And I was just <laughs> like, that's that was a big moment to have. Because in my culture, like, children apologize. Like, you don't have to expect your father or your mother to apologize to you. Right. Like, it's just a respect thing. So I, I think from my point of view, I saw that and was like, She's an elder, and she was, you know, apologized but they, they, to a younger person, and I thought that was really big. Damn, in her. they gotta fight. They, they, that's just a rule of the show. They're not going back and forth with each other. So I just think right, that was just a moment episode. in time. Yeah. She, I know she's gonna keep hating on her. That's part of the premise. But in that moment, I was like, oh. Right. Yeah. Right. But they always do that. You know, if you watch Blackish all the time, they'll go at each other, go at each other's neck. Especially like yeah. the episode when um, she didn't want Rainbow didn't want her to watch watch the little boy, and then Rainbow took it upon her yeah. to watch the little boy, and the little boy got hurt. And she was trying to hide hide the injury, <laughs> and, and the grandmother was like, "That ain't never happened with me before, Rainbow." You know, so they always got that dynamic, but they always seem at the end they always seem to come together and and make the point of you know we are in this together. Um, but yeah, yeah. They, they better not stop fighting. That's, a, that's, that's more a, of like a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. Yeah. yeah, that's never going to go away, colorism or not. Yeah, because you know, she's more of the, um, she's the um, choose religion how you want it type of person in Rainbow when when she's the true Baptist. Like we, we going to, yeah. God come first, regardless of what you <laughs> say, it's always going to be this how it's going to be. And that's a true Southern woman. Uh, so they, you know, they have that aspect going, but, but uh, nah, they better not change that. They better not change it. But, but then even, even Anthony Anderson, he's going to always, that's just his character. You know, he chooses his kids, but then you kind of, they play on colorism. It kind of like, okay, yeah, that may be a factor why Junior he picks on Junior so much. Maybe that is why, you know, he he loves his oldest daughter um so much versus, you know, why he has the twins, the way he treats the twins that they way the way that he treat them. So right. you can see that that that's definitely a play. Um, but you know, you love your kids unconditionally. You know, like they were saying, which one of your kids you love the most? I love all my kids equally. Now, depending on the time of the day. 
you know, what they did wrong, <laughs> then I might not like them that day, but I'll love them again, you know? So, right. but yeah, it, it's definitely, and I, I like the show. I always watch the show because it, it, they definitely don't, they don't mind skirting the line. And I'm glad that, um, regular TV allows them to skirt that line and it's it's accepted. It's allowed for us to to reach down and look at this because that was an episode where I told my kids, hey, y'all go take a look at this episode so that you can understand it because we're in a position where, where I was to the point where I want to get out of... Like growing up, we, we always understood black history. It was very supportive. We were very into black history. Whereas that was because of the community that you were in versus now we're in the suburbs. It's a multicultural community. Um, the emphasis on knowing who you are and what you are is not of emphasis. It's just so you, you kind of want them to sit them down and understand what Martin Luther, who Martin Luther King is, who Malcolm X was, who are the forefathers before us. So you kind of want them to understand that, hey, here's here's another aspect that I didn't think of colorism. Let's look. Let's, let's talk about this. What, what do you guys think about this? But for them, you know, they, they don't really look at that. They look at what, what hits them home is not colorism. Like I said, it's more of a racial issue and, and multicultural issues versus just just fighting with each other about who's darker, who's lighter. But we're coming to the end of this thing. Him, I definitely thank you for coming on the show. I, I appreciate the love. We made it a point that we've always last episode, last year, last uh, season. We we you go back and listen. We are always empowering women. We always want to put women first um, because you guys are the more tougher being than we are. Um, that's just a fact. So we made a conscious <laughs> effort to make sure that we have the opposite sex on and get your point of view. Um, and if you could tell it like it is, if it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't from a male perspective, you know, let us know, you know, but I thank you for coming on. I hope you don't be a stranger and I want to make sure that you get back on and, and uh, definitely enlighten the listeners. Cause you way smarter than me or smash. So. <laughs> Stop saying that. I, I think I'm smart, but I don't think I'm way smarter. Like well, trust me. <laughs> Everybody has their own set of that, knowledge. There you go. We're going to say that. Thank you. Yeah. You're <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not D, though. But yeah. <laughs> I know my shortcomings. So, here, where, where can they find you guys? Where can they find you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at CitizensPod. And we have um, CitizensPod, Citizens Arrest podcast streams on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So, listen, rate, subscribe. And. That's that's where you can find me. If you have a story you'd like to share, um, you can email me at citizensarrest.pod at gmail.com. Awesome. Smash. Yeah. What's Any up, closing words for you, my brother? Any closing words? Yeah, I just want to say uh, there are two beautiful black women that people should be looking out in these shows. And uh, one of them is, uh, I think, is Ebony Noel in the show FBI. She's a, she's a beautiful black woman. Yep. Yep. And then um, I think this is how you said Jabicia Leslie, and she plays on God Friended Me. She's the sister of Miles. Yes, they, two beautiful women, black women that yes. I think are going to be up and coming if they can get some roles. So just watch out for them. That's all I got to say, bro. So, with that being said, well, all right. much love, and we out. Peace. Bye. We have returned to claim the pyramid. 
partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. 